Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends. So thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. Hey, this is Trip Lanier, host of The New Man. You're about to hear the audio taken from a video that I created, and it'll make a lot more sense if you can see the visuals that go along with what you're hearing. You can watch all of the videos by visiting thenewmanpodcast.com. All right, today let's talk about why you're not that important and why that's a good thing. Um, in case you don't know who I am, I'm Trip Lanier. For over 12 years, I've spent thousands of hours coaching folks to get out of the rat race, become an authority in their field, and make a great living doing the work they were put on this earth to do. And for more than a decade, I've hosted the New Man Podcast, which has been downloaded millions of times and can be found on iTunes or Stitcher. And for what I'm about to say, hey, keep whatever works for you and discard the rest. When I'm working with a coaching client, Many times, the thing that's holding him back from creating what he truly wants isn't a lack of information or even a lack of resources. It's just fear. And what many point to as a fear of failure. Now, when people say they have a fear of failure, it's highly unlikely that they're going to end up selling hand jobs in a bus station bathroom. It's highly unlikely that they're going to have to sell a kidney in order to keep a roof over their head. In our modern, first world lives, that's not the kind of failure we're really dealing with. What's far more likely is that we're afraid of looking like a failure to ourselves and to the people in our lives. And because this fear of damaging our self-image is there, we're not too excited to take risks, to go through the suck of learning something new, of trying things and screwing up. And this whole thing has a huge cost over the quality of our lives. It means that we hold back Convinced of our self-importance and our preciousness, we play it safe. We hide out. And this posture of playing not to lose means we're never going to get what we truly want in life. This doesn't make us strong. It makes us fragile. Now, everyone wants to feel safe. Everyone wants some level of comfort. Absolutely. That's, there's no problem there. But the thing we need to watch out for is this belief that when our self-image is threatened, then that means our survival is threatened. Think about it. The metrics for anxiety and depression in our culture are off the charts. And for many, it's not because our survival is at stake. It's because we've convinced ourselves that who we are and what we're doing is such a big deal. We believe our self-image is being threatened. We've convinced ourselves that a threat to our self-image is a threat to our ability to live. 
This has us take things way too seriously. It has us over-prioritize and over-emphasize our need to be important and outstanding. It's all a defense of the small self, the part of us that needs to be special and different and significant in order to feel safe and comfortable and loved. But what if, what if, what if we really weren't that big of a deal? If we're going to challenge this idea that our identity and self-image aren't that big of a deal, then let's talk about what is big. Let's put things into perspective, okay? When we think of big, or at least when I think of big, and I mean really big, I usually think of the sun. It's massive, right? In fact, you could fit 1.3 million Earths inside of the sun. But according to astronomer and scientist Michelle Thaler, if you were to, I hope that's how you say her name too, if you were to reduce the size of the sun down to the size of a dot and the letter I on a page, so take a piece of paper and you write a, a, the letter I, that size of that dot, if you were to make the sun that big, that tiny ass little dot, if you made the sun that big, then the relative size of our galaxy, the Milky Way, would then be the size of the Earth. Size of the dot and the letter I on the page means that our galaxy is the size of the Earth. Okay? Mind-blowing. But let's not stop there. A while back, astronomers found a tiny section of the night sky that seemed to be empty. And, and tiny means that this, this area was the size, uh, if you were to take it, the head of a pin and you held it out at your arm's length, hold that tiny pin out up there, that portion of the sky was empty. They did, there was nothing coming from it. So they took the Hubble telescope and they focused it there and they let it absorb light for an entire month. And in that tiny, tiny part of the night sky that looked completely empty, they found 5,000 galaxies. So what does this all mean? You, me, all of us, our daily crises and dramas and getting pissed off because the barista forgot to put 2% soy vegan dick sprinkles in our lattes, when we can integrate this massive universal, universal perspective we start to see that no matter what we are thinking or doing, it's really just not that big of a deal. So does that mean we should just give up, that life is meaningless? What do we, what do we play for if it's really just not, if it's just going to end up being infinitely small? Maybe you're watching this now and you're starting to feel a little deflated. And consider that maybe the deflation is just that part of you that needs to be important or outstanding or, or a big deal or significant in order to feel joy or fulfillment. I get it. But I invite you to consider how liberating this massive universal perspective can be. You see, if we don't need to attach so much importance to being a big deal, if we don't need to be so precious about the seemingly small shit in our lives, then that frees us up to play big. Instead of getting all precious and fragile, instead of holding back or hiding out, we can lean in and create what we truly want in the short time we have to be alive. We don't have to attach our well-being to how well we measure up to others or how well we meet the expectations of others. We can let go of fixating on the outcomes and instead focus on the experiences of meaning, purpose, flow, freedom, aliveness, peace, and love that we most want. It's a paradox to play full out without being attached to the outcome. It's way easier said than done, and I'm not going to bullshit you and act like I'm somehow enlightened and I'm able to do this all the time. But if we look around 
we start to see it happening all around us. We can find little reminders to help us stay on track. Let's just use professional sports, for example. I'm not a huge football fan, but if we watch a game on a Sunday, you're going to see guys fighting like gladiators, fighting like hell. I mean, blood, sweat, tears. They play so hard that they injure their bodies and permanently damage their brains. The clock winds down to zero. The ref blows a whistle. Game's over. Now, some of these gladiators, they end up shaking hands. They hug, smack each other on the ass. They even pray together when just moments ago they were seemingly trying to cripple one another. It seems crazy, right? But it's not because it's just a game. It's only crazy if we lose the big perspective. If we lose our ability to see that it's just a game, then we get played by the game. Well, what if our lives weren't so different? The arbitrary clock of our lives is going to run down to zero before we know it. And we have a choice. Are we going to play the game full out and enjoy the privilege and the opportunity to live? Or are we going to be played by the game? We don't have to get lost in the process. We don't have to forget where we and everything we care about fits into this giant, universal, mysterious, grand scheme of things. We can use it to help us live more fully and freely. I hope this perspective has been helpful for you. Here's to all of us living with greater freedom, aliveness, peace, and love. Thanks for watching. Take full advantage of all that the new man has to offer. Be sure to visit thenewmanpodcast.com and grab the solutions I've created to help you play a bigger game, align your profession with what you truly care about, and keep your relationships out of the ditch. It's all available at thenewmanpodcast.com. Thanks for listening.